0: I couldn't help but think uh, for a few moments anyway about as I was watching you come up and and as you were putting a few things in the play. I don't know who gave what. That's not the issue. But what I remember was the time that I attended a black church and And I know what it means to be uh, you know uh, the one the one that sticks out. <laughs> My wife and I were the only white people there, <laughs> but they did something similar to this, and and the pastor would say, uh, front him, "As you come, we want you to lay your burden down, lay your burden down, and then share in the lord's table." <laughs> If you've never been to a black church to experience some of those kinds of things, try it sometime. It will will bless you. It might scare you, (laughs) but it would be different. The message for today is, may the force be with you. No, I have not seen the latest movie on Star Wars. I've heard reviews, some yay and some uh, (laughs) but I liked the old ones, and uh, you'll hear more about that as I go along, but may the force be with you. Now that I've crossed the threshold of 75 years, I find myself reflecting on issues of life and faith differently. Spending Spending time reflecting on my life's journey forces me to confess that I've made my share of mistakes as a pastor, as a husband, as a dad, and in the ongoing process of being relational with people. We have a standing joke in ministry that says ministry would be fine if it wasn't for people. (laughs) I am more convinced than ever that without the direct intervention of God in our lives, through His Holy Spirit, We are not only hopelessly lost, but unable to really be healthy in any of our relationships, which includes the relationship that you and I have with ourselves. Saint Irenaeus of the second century was right, I believe, when he said, the glory of God is best seen in one who is fully alive. And part of what he meant by all of that is that you and I need to be fully alive to God. Fully alive to ourselves. Fully alive to the people around us and the creation itself. If we are to bring glory to him and good to those around us. I believe that a careful reading of scripture reveals that our Christian faith is meant to touch every aspect of our being as men and women so that we will be able to live life in the fullness Jesus said he had come to give us. Jesus in John 10.10 shares with us a very sharp contrast, I think as a way of trying to help us understand the kind of world that we live in, And he says that the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. There is a dark side to life. But I have come that they may have life and live it to the full. There is hope and light to fight the darkness. We live in a world that has its dark side and we are all familiar with it. All too familiar with it. It's unavoidable. The evil that is around us. And Jesus' contrast to that dark side is the light of his own life which he offers to us as his disciples. And the big question for today has to do with How can we live in the light that he promised? How can you and I live in the light like Jesus? In his book, Fathered by God, John Eldridge talks about four spiritual streams that we must navigate if we are to end up being what God wants us to be as his children God wants us to experience his salvation. And there are two primary aspects of salvation. Number one, we are set free from the power and influence of the evil one. So that we can have a positive relationship with our father in heaven. Whom we may address as Abba. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Do you know him? It's got to start there. It has to start there. And then you you and I can move on to number two, which says we are being brought into a wholeness that makes us better people and brings him glory. Is God at work in your life changing you? In short, God wants us to be healthy in all of our relationships. And what we need to recognize here is that it takes time. None of us have arrived yet. There is always something more, something new, something else just around the corner. It takes time. And it requires our willingness to invite God to do His work in here. In me. It's where it starts. In me. Getting back to the four streams that I mentioned. Think of them this way. The first stream is An invitation, an invitation to walk and talk with God as his children. To walk and talk with God in a way like Adam and Eve were able to in the garden before the fall. You and I can walk and talk with God today, but it requires spiritual help from God himself. The second stream is to receive his counsel for overcoming the brokenness in our lives. And all of us face brokenness. If you think you're not broken, you may need to take a closer look. We are all broken people in need of God's touch. And he alone can mend the brokenness. The third thing is to seek seek his deep healing for the wounds in our lives. And we've all been wounded. Sometimes from the person next to you. Not because they wanted to. Just because that's the way it is. And God is a healer. Jesus told that to us and showed us many times in the gospel stories. How God would heal. He could even bring people back from the dead. Three. That's three. To seek his healing for our wounds. And four. And this is where a lot of Christians I don't think really get it. But number four is to be engaged in a spiritual warfare through the wisdom and strength that God provides. You and I live in a world that's at war. The battle rages between good and evil, and we are in between. We must learn to fight with the power and the strength and the wisdom that God gives us through His Spirit. We all make mistakes. And we need God's help and presence with us through His Holy Spirit if we are to find and experience His healing grace and the power we need to make a difference. To be sure, there are days when we would like to stay in bed. (laughs) Or we wish we could have stayed in bed. But most of the time we give it our best and hope that somehow it's going to be good enough. You may be asking this morning, is it possible for God to make something positive and good out of the mess of my life? Yep. He can. But it can only happen if you are willing to give Him free reign In your heart and life through his Holy Spirit. It's up to you. God is not a bully. God God doesn't push his way on anybody. He gives you and I the right to choose. Whether we will let him. Mess with our inner heart and life. One person has put it this way. It's up to you. And God gives you the right to choose whether you will, as a proprietor of you, allow Him to work in your heart and life. Okay, now we finally get to the text. Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. And then I'm going to read in some other passages for us because I want us to realize that this is centered in God's Word. I'm not up here just telling a story for the fun of it. This is God's word to us. So as starting in verse 16, Paul writing to the Galatian church, churches of Galatia, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature? They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, we'll talk about that phrase a little bit more because we need to expand on that. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It cannot be legislated. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia was one of the first letters written in response to a growing threat to the gospel message of God's grace in Christ Jesus. Other teachers had influenced the young church with a message that basically went like this. If you're going to be able to please God and truly follow Christ, you must live by God's law as given by Moses. Now, they happened to be Jewish people that were teaching these things. But it was the first attempt to turn a faith-based experience into a legalistic set of rules necessary for pleasing God. I don't know what your religious background may be. I have several in my background. But I can tell you every one of them had certain rules that for the life of me I couldn't find in here, in the book. (laughs) Not this book. And there are so many rules. If you're going to be a Christian, you've got to live thus in such a way. And if you're not, then you're not. <laughs> or there are those who say, if you do this, then this will follow. You know, sometimes you can do that and the other doesn't follow. It's not as simple as that. It's just not quite that way. And there are all kinds of People who want to say, if you're going to be a Christian, you have got to live the way I do. Oops, they won't say it that way, but that's what they mean. Paul becomes so incensed by the thought of what is going on that he writes in in uh, chapter five and verse (laughs) twelve. Forgive Paul, but he he says it the way it needs to be said. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Okay, let's back up just a little bit so that becomes a little clearer. He had made his point several times in the letter back in in chapter three, verses one and one and one through five. Uh, let me. Ten pages in Bibles and old fingers don't work as good. Those of you who are there know that. Verses 1 through 5. Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law? Or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Having beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? Or because you believe What you heard. And it's obvious from the way that Paul writes. That it has to do with believing. The good news about Jesus. And the free gift. Of salvation that he gives. It is about grace. And the spirit of God within us. In uh, chapter 5 and verse 6. He says, uh, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So now you know what the subject matter was that the Jewish people were saying to those Gentiles who had faith in Jesus, now if you really want to be Pleasing to God, you have got to become a Jew. And that wasn't a big deal for the women, a little bit more involved for men. I won't go any further than that. But the main point here is that salvation is a gift from God that comes to us through faith in what Jesus has done on our behalf through the cross. And we celebrated the reality of God's grace and our faith earlier as we participated in remembering Jesus and what he has done for us through communion. The title for today's message is pretty much a giveaway for some of my favorite movies. And I see in the Star Wars movies some of the themes that parallel our Christian faith. Do we not have a quest for a spiritual power and the freedom to live apart from the oppression of the dark side and its power? Other films like The Matrix deals with some of the same themes. But people long to be free of the negative forces of life and be able to live Positively. At times, we wish we could have or be able to trust a positive force that is outside of us or beyond us and our own limited abilities and strength. And I recall as a kid, oh, I wanted to be like Superman so I could right a few wrongs. I mean, who wouldn't like to be able to take care of the neighborhood bully? But in Star Wars... The thing that got my attention was the statement that occurs again and again and again. Luke, trust the force. Trust the force. You you can't see the force. And it doesn't press itself in upon you. You have to invite it in to be with you and then give yourself over to it in order for it to help you win the battle or whatever is going on. But that phrase, trust the force. I see some Christian parallels there. Aren't we invited to trust God and allow his power to make a difference for us? And when the force is with you, there is a difference and there is a different outcome. In John 3, Jesus is talking with Nicodemus. We know the story, most of us anyway. Nicodemus was a leader of the Jewish people. John chapter 3. Verses, uh, let, me, let me get down to verses 5. 5 and following. But you and I need to hear what Jesus is talking about when he is talking to Nicodemus about a need for being born again. I know, it's, it's a catchphrase. But there's something to it. Or Jesus wouldn't have used it. You must be born again, he said, if you're going to enter or see the kingdom of God. He says, you must be born from above. If you' are going to enter in, it is a spiritual birth that Jesus is referring to. And it occurs through the power of God's Holy Spirit. Nicodemus, like many of us, struggle with what that means. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter three, verses five and following. and I know. A lot of you know this, this passage. You've read it many times. It's, and you've memorized John 3.16. But let's get the context. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So it is with you and me. How can this be? Nicodemus asked, "'You are Israel's teacher,' said Jesus. "'And do you not understand these things? "'I tell you the truth. "'We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. "'But still you people do not accept our testimony. "'I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe.'" How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man will be lifted up. That everyone who believes in him may have eternal life everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life through belief through belief not law that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Do you believe? Do you believe? My point is when the force is with you You are free to become all that God has in mind for you to become. When we allow God to be a part of our lives through faith in Jesus and surrender ourselves over to His Holy Spirit, awesome things begin to happen. Our lives are transformed, we become different people. You may even find your personality beginning to change. Addictions may be broken. Selfishness is replaced by agape love, God's kind of love. It's a compassionate concern for the well-being of those around you. And an inner peace that begins to push out fear and frustration, along with the hypertension that that sometimes causes. God, through our faith in Jesus, as our Savior and Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer, not only allows us to become all that we can be, He encourages us to change for the good through the power and presence of His Holy Spirit within us, within you. Dear friends, when God is with you, you not only can become what you are meant to be, You will become the best you possible. You are a work in progress. And in another place, Paul will talk about us being the workmanship of God. His masterpieces. It will take some time. But God really isn't in a hurry. We may want him to get on with the job. (laughs) I've said that more than once. Hurry up and teach me what you want to teach me so I can move on. But God generally takes his time so that he can present us as another one of his masterpieces. He is turning you into a masterpiece when you let him. Remember Paul said we are his workmanship and we reflect his work within our lives and hearts as the changes He makes in us become visible. Our part in this great exchange is our willingness to surrender to Him and allow Him to do His work in us. Do you have the courage for that one? So the question today is this, will you let the force be in you? Will you trust the force, God's force at work, within you because when God is in you his strength and power and wisdom make it possible for your life to be different and to know that victory is just around the corner stay on course stand your ground trust God and watch him work in and through you for his glory and your good and the good of the people around you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we've been talking about your force at work within us. Oh God, may may your force be in us. And Lord, Will you help us to trust the force, to give ourselves over to you for your glory, so that we can be changed, so that we can become all that you want us to be, and then we may end up doing the things that you want done. We are thankful, God, for your amazing grace. We are thankful for your work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.